0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Mark chapter number 14, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Mark 14 and verse number 1. The Bible says, after two days... "...was the feast of the Passover, and of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might take Him by craft and put Him to death." Verse number 2, "...but they said not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people." Verse 3, "...and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikyard, very precious, and she broke the box." And poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And verse 6, And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, you may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for memorial of her. And let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that I have to preach the precious word of God, Lord, to stand behind this pulpit. I thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you would help me to be yielded to your spirit. I pray that you would help me to say the things that I should say, abstain from saying anything that I ought not to say. Most of all, I pray that your name would be honored and glorified. I pray that your people would be challenged and encouraged to keep running on, to keep doing what's right. For we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. And if you're visiting with us, I encourage you to come back next week to hear our pastor preach. I apologize in advance for him not being here and for what you have to deal with instead. Amen. And uh, Mark chapter number 14, I'd like to focus our attention on one verse, and that's verse number eight. The Bible says she hath done what she could. She hath done what she could. You know, in this life we're always, look, always looking at those who can do the incredible. Always looking at those who can do the unbelievable. And I would dare say a lot of the uh, heroes growing up, if you will, uh, you know, you look at People like, you know, and we're talking about fictional characters, but, uh, you know, Superman. It's like, what everybody wants to be like Superman, right? Especially with the opportunity to fly. Or you think about all the Marvel characters, or you think about uh, different individuals or different themes, and they have special abilities or special powers. But you know what? If Superman wasn't able to fly, and Superman didn't have incredible strength, if he was just like us, then it wouldn't be in a comic strip, right? It wouldn't be something that people are famed about. You know, you think of even like Spider-Man and the abilities that he has. But that's why people look and that's why it can be something that you can look up to, something that's unbelievable, something that's incredible. And if we think in our lives that, hey, if I want to do something for the cause of Christ, I need to be able to do something that's unbelievable. I need to be able to do something that's incredible. But let me tell you this morning that that is not the case. The Bible says that this individual, this woman named Mary, the Bible says she did what she could. You know what? God is asking you to give something here this morning. And let me just say this. He's not asking you to give something that you're not able to give. You know, many times in my life I've looked around at others and said, man, if I were them, this is what I could give. Or this is what I could do. Man, if I was this individual, I could do so much more for the cause of Christ. But let me just say this. God doesn't call you to give that which you don't have. God's not calling you to give from somebody else's bank account. God's not calling you to do something that you're not able to do. He's asking you to do what you can. The Bible says here, She hath done what she could. And by the way, Her just doing what she can, the Bible says the whole world was going to know exactly what she did. So again, you know, I had the opportunity to witness the Halifax Academy graduation, which was at the Roanoke Rapids Theater. And I'm not sure if you've been in there. I've been in there twice now. But when you walk into a theater, when you walk into an entertainment venue such as that, I'm just in awe of all the seats, And then I began to think about, man, how many does this seat? And they said about 1,500 people sit in this auditorium. And then I began to think about the Roanoke Rapids Theater and what kind of events would take place that somebody would actually come and not only come and draw in a crowd of 1,500 people, but also that they would pay to see whatever event has taken place there. And I thought about the many talents and the many abilities that I don't have. Amen? And uh, I thought, there's nothing that I can do foreseeably in my life that would draw somebody, first of all, to even come. If they just said, yeah, hey, you can come for free, and Dan is going to get up and, you know, do this or do that, people probably wouldn't come to begin with, let alone if you told them, hey, you're going to have to pay to come see what I'm going to do. But you think about what draws the crowds and what draws, you know, doing the impossible or doing the unbelievable or doing something with some special talent or some special ability. And we think in life that we need that if we're going to please God. We need that if we're going to be able to help out in the church. But the reality is that's far from the case. God's not looking for the talented, God's looking for those who are humble. And just say, hey God, use me. And that's what he uses. And why is that? Because who gets the glory? God gets the glory for all that's said and all that's done. The Bible says she hath done what she could. The title of the lesson here today, the title of the message is, do what you can. Do what you can. And again, I could come to you with some incredible feat and say, hey, if you do this incredible feat, although it seems to be impossible, although it's going to take uh, uh, years and years of training and years and years of ability. If you're able to do that, then God is going to acknowledge you. And the whole world is going to know that you did something great for God. I would dare say that we'd say, hey, I'd like to try it out. And we'd spend years and uh, hours and hours trying to accomplish this feat. But yet somebody in the Bible decided, I'm just going to do what I can, what I'm able to do. And God recognized just doing what you can. We're talking about a feat that anybody here is able to do, to do what you can. I like to call a few individuals up here, and I haven't spoken to them in advance, and I'm cautious. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to uh, make anybody offended. But Brother Charles Bryant, can you come up here real quick? And uh, Mikey, can you come up here just for a second? And uh, can I get Russell? Russell, can you come up here as well? And uh, we've got a few individuals here. And again, I don't want to embarrass anyone. Uh, if I do, I apologize, but I need you guys. So if you could just face the crowd for me here real quick. We've got three very talented individuals up here. Amen? And uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not sure whose guitar this is. I'm going to be very careful with it. And uh, I'm, uh, uh, I apologize if, I, if, if I'm not allowed to touch this, but um, forgive me in advance. If I, buy, if, if I break it brother the Charles, will get you a new one. Amen? <laughs> But we could say, hey, you know what? Here we are at Victory Baptist Church, and we need a guitar player. Brother Charles, can you just play this Amazing Grace on this for me real quick? Are you able to do that? I could probably do it. Okay. All right, Brother Charles is able to do that. All right. Mikey, can you play Amazing Grace on here? Nah. Okay. <laughs> Russell? Nope. All right. What about leaning on the ever lasting arms, Brother Charles? All right, all right, all right. You're helping me with my illustration when you do it that way. But uh, he surprises me sometimes, amen. But uh, so we've got a guitar, and you could say, hey, look, uh, we need somebody to play the guitar. And we've got three individuals, and they're all looking at me like I'm crazy, uh, even though Brother Charles may be able to do it. I kind of like to hear that, but maybe another time. I've got something else that's up here. I've got to wait, okay? And what I would like for you to do, Brother Charles, is I'd like you to curl. <laughs> I'd like you to curl this 10 times. Do you think you'd be able to do that? Mikey? Can you curl this once? Here, hold this, hold this. Can you curl that, just, just bust it out there, to curl it, one hand, bust it out, let's see. Okay, well you can't play the guitar, you can't lift a weight, all right? Brother Russell, you think you could curl this 10 times? <laughs> we got half of one, amen? Right. <laughs> we got one, full one. All right, so we've got a 50 pound weight here, okay? We've got a guitar. All right, how about this? How about the organ? You play Amazing Grace on the organ for me, Brother Charles. Mikey, Russell, can you guys do anything? And I say that sarcastically, but you know what? In our own minds, that's what we begin to think about things with the church. Well, I'm not talented. I can't play the guitar. I can't sing like Brother George. I can't, you know, do this or I. I can't play the organ. I can't play the piano. But you know what? You can do. You can do what you can. You know what? Brother Charles helps out with the bus ministry. Master, I, I won't even start to list off all the names. Teaches a Sunday school class. You know what he's doing. He's doing what he can. Hey, you know what? Mikey, he can't drive a bus. He's not old enough or legally. Amen. <laughs> you know, under our insurance. Can't drive a bus. Can't play the organ. I, I guess you're just useless. It's like, <laughs> but again, I say that because that's how we feel sometimes. I can't do what all these other people can do, but you know what you can do, Mikey? You can do what you can. And you know what you can do? You can do what's right now because God has a plan for your life. But you know what? If you don't do what you can, you can ruin your life that God can't use you like he wants to use you. Hey, you know what? I can't get up in that sound room and move all those little things. I mean, I could. I'm not sure what it would sound like, amen. But uh, you know what? Russell gets up in that sound room every week and volunteers his time and turns the monitors often do these things, but I think sometimes we can look at life, we can look at church and say, I can't do so many things, and that's our focus. But you know what, don't focus on what you can't do, focus on what you can do. Thank you guys, you can have a seat. Let's give him a big hand. (laughs) Brother Charles, I'm going to listen to you play Amazing Grace. He may just be messing with me up here, I'm not sure, but nonetheless... You know what God is asking to do? To do what you can. Say, what is everybody can do? You know what? I can pray. Right? There's a song that says, You say I'm not able. I'm too young or too old. And I can't sing or teach. And no title do I hold. Lord, what can I do? For I want to do my part and I want to help the hurting with all of my heart. I can pray. Until the walls come down, until there's healing all around, that's something I can do. I can pray in my secret place, calling on Your name, that's something I can do. I can pray. My family shows no interest. My child has gone so far. Though I try my best to reach them, their hearts just seem so hard. Lord, what can I do to help bring them back to You For my family's lost and dying and my words don't get through. You may not be a Sunday school teacher. You may not be able to sing. But friend, there's something we can all do. You can pray. I can pray. We can pray. But the question is, will we pray? It's something we can do. But yet, do we do it? I just have three points to the lesson here this morning about doing what you can. Number one, doing what you can involves giving God what you consider to be precious. In verse number three, the Bible says, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very, what's the next word? Precious. You know what doing what you can do involves? Giving God what you consider to be precious. We all have things in our lives that we consider to be precious. We all have uh, things in our lives that we consider to be valuable. But the question is, are we willing to give those things to God? That's something that we can do. 2 Samuel 24, 24, David says, I will not offer unto God that which doth cost me nothing. You know what? A lot of times in life, what happens is God gets the leftovers. Now, I don't know about you. You may be unique, but I don't like leftovers. And you say, why is that? Because there's just something about going to that refrigerator and opening it, and what it looks like is not what it originally looked like when you prepared it. Okay, it's got to go back in the microwave in order for it to even look edible again sometimes. And I don't know, it just is like, I, 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 I just don't like it. It's like, hey, I'm happy sometimes. Hey, my wife's like, hey, what do you want to eat? Do you want this? Do you want that? And I'm just thinking in my mind, I don't want leftovers. Because you've got to rewarm it up. It looks nasty and whatever else. But you know what? A lot of times in life, that's what we give to God is our leftovers. This world consumes what's best of us, this world consumes our talents, this world consumes our time, this world consumes our finances, and we look at the end of the day, or at the end of the month, or at the end of the year, and say, hey, I've got a little bit left in my bank account, so guess what, here you go, God, and we say, what, I've I've done my part, I've given something to God, but God doesn't want your leftovers, and by the way, God doesn't need your finances, but we need God's blessing. We need God's help. We need God's power in our lives. You know what? That's why the Bible continually talks about first fruits and not last fruits. Amen? I've seen something recently on the news and on social media that's going around. And what's going around is this, this company called Goodwill. And they made this statement. Goodwill does not want your junk. And that was a shock to me. And you say, well, why is that? Because when I've been at Goodwill, I've seen people's junk there, amen? And they put a price tag on it. And it wasn't in the dumpster in the back. It was for sale. And they were asking money for it. And I'm just looking like, what in the world is this? Uh, but you know what? They said, Goodwill does not want your junk. And they say more and more people are giving junk to goodwill, that which isn't valuable, that which doesn't cost him anything. Something that you're going to either drive it in the street, either I'm going to throw it in my dumpster or I'm going to donate it. and You know, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to donate it because I'm being a good citizen, right? And I want the tax write-off for it, but it's junk and it belongs in the dumpster. But yet that's how we approach God sometimes and say, well, I'm giving something to God. I'm doing a good work, but all we're offering to God is our junk. You know, you think of these uh, these things, these hideous things called garage sales where you go sift through everybody else's junk, amen? And uh, no, I know I'm know i very sensitive. Don't throw anything at me. Some are probably avid garage sellers. And there are probably some good things that you can get out a garage sale. And uh, that's why I send my mom to go get it for me, amen? <laughs> and uh, she does. My mom's like, hey, what about this? Oh, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, send me that or whatever else. So I let my mom do the dirty work, amen? But you know what? Historically speaking, when there's stuff, when I have a garage sale, which a lot of times we just box it up and throw it in the dumpster because that's where it belongs, amen. But nonetheless, when I have a garage sale, it's stuff that I no longer want, stuff that I no longer need, and a lot of times it's stuff that I don't no longer hold a value to. And I don't know how many garage sales that you've been to, but if we have one, it's like, hey, everything goes. If somebody picks up something, they're walking away with it, Amen. And don't put a price tag on it because then they'll look at it and put it back down. But I said, if somebody picks that up and asks how much, throw out a number and if they put it back down, say, oh, did I say this? What I really meant was this. But if you pick it up, you're leaving with it, amen? But again, what are we offering to God? Hopefully it's not our leftovers. Hopefully it's not those things that we would set out that we don't need, that we don't put a value on anymore and say, hey, that's what I'm offering to God. No, you know what? Doing what we can is giving what's precious to God. This item was precious. This item was expensive. This item had some value and it. It had some worth in it. And she said, hey, you know what I'm going to do with it? I'm going to pour it over Jesus' head. I'm going to give it to God what I consider to be precious. So number one, doing what you can involves giving to God what you consider to be precious. Number two, doing what you can involves not taking it back. Not taking it back, you know. We have these places for deposits of money in the lobby and in the the uh, hallway over here. But if you noticed, there's a slot at the bottom, but the slot at the bo- or a slot at the top that you can put it in. But the slot at the bottom is locked. You say, "Well, why is that locked?" Because somebody's going to no. It's so you can't take it back. Amen. Once it goes in, it's not refundable. Amen. And again, and again I'm, I'm kidding there, and you pass the plate and you put it in, and as you put your offering in, you're, you're, oh, as you watch it go down, it's gone forever. But no, you know what? When we give something to God, it involves not taking it back. Look at verse number three at the end. It says, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. If she was a giver like I am sometimes, I would have looked at that box and said, hey, this is precious, This is valuable. This is worth something. So what I'm going to do is give God a little bit when God is asking for it all. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give God a little bit of this even though he's asking for more and she took her time and she drilled a hole in this box or she opened it up just a little bit and poured out a little bit and then set the rest aside for herself. No, you know what she did? She broke it. And you know what? When she broke it, that signified that, hey, this is all going to you, And again, sometimes if it's like me, then sometimes we give something to God that's precious. We give something to God that's valuable. And then we begin to think, hey, you know what? Should I have done that? I really want it back. And we start to put together those broken pieces and try and collect it back for ourselves. Wonder when the last time is that God has dealt with us about an area of giving something to him or, or, or purging our lives and to, uh, uh, getting rid of something in our lives all to be for a short-lived time, and then all of a sudden we begin to take it back. And maybe it's with a resolution, or maybe it's with a commitment that says, hey, God, I'm going to get in your word. God, I'm going to pray. God, I'm going to be more faithful to church. Or God, I'm going to set you as a priority in my lives only as time goes by to begin taking it back. Doing what we can involves giving God something that's precious. It involves not taking it back. There's a song that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And then there's a sentence that follows it. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. And it repeats three times. Then it says, no turning back. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Doing what we can involves giving God something that's precious. Doing what we can involves not taking it back. And lastly, number three, doing what we can involves not being concerned about what everybody else is going to think or say. I'll say that again. Doing what we can involves not being concerned about what others are going to think or say. You would think, if you just read the end of this event, that Jesus said this individual wrought a good work. She did something that was good. Not only was it good, God said it was good. And then he said, and by the way, for years to come, thousands of years to come, the whole world is going to know about what she did. And it's going to be a memorial for her. You would think that all of God's people, that all Christians would be right there. Like, man, you did you did a great job. Hey, you did something that was great. Hey, that's amazing. Hey, I want to be encouraged to do what's right. Hey, I want to do more for God because I've seen what you've done. But yet that's not the case. What does it say? Look at verse number four. And there were some that had indignation within themselves And said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have given to the poor. And they murmured against her. What are you doing? That's worth a lot of money and you're just pouring it out on, you're just giving it to God? What are you doing? What are you thinking? You could sell that and give it to the poor. And the Bible later says that not that they cared for the poor, because, but they cared about money. And you know what? You may give something to the church. We'll just talk about finances. You may give something to the church, and people are going to look at you, and you think they'd be like, man, that's great that you gave that to the church, and God is going to use it, and God is going to bless your life. And as a matter of fact, you gave, and you know what? I'm going to give as well. But that's not the case. They're saying, what are you thinking? You could have got a new boat motor for that. You could've got a new fishing rod and then caught fish and then fed homeless people with it. Not that they care for homeless people. And again, I use an extreme example, but yet sometimes in life, we don't make decisions. We don't jump all in. We just kind of put our tippy toe in because we're kind of testing the water out. What's everybody gonna say if all of a sudden I become a church fanatic? What's, What's everybody gonna say if they find out that I go, to that cult over at Victory Baptist Church. I mean, they, they, I've heard it. Hey, they tell you some things that you can't do. Who do they think that they are? You, you can do whatever you want to do. And, you know, just follow your heart. Because that's the right thing, right? Well, the last time that I read the Bible, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We're supposed to be following God. Doing what you can involves not being concerned about what everybody else is going to think. You know what? You say, hey, what can Mikey do? Hey, he can't play the guitar. He obviously can't lift a normal size weight. I mean, I consider that's, I mean, it's not like it's this big. I mean, we're talking about a weight this big that you can't lift, Mikey. But what can he do? Hey, you know what Mikey can do? He can be faithful to church. You know what he can do? He can encourage others to do what's right. He can do what he can. Because God has a plan for his life, and you know what, everybody in here has something that they can do. And by the way, where we get discouraged is where you look around and say, but I can't do that. I can't do that, I can't do that, and I definitely can't do that. Well, I can, but it's not gonna sound nice, amen. And I can't do this, and I can't do this, so you know what, I guess I just can't do anything and I'm worthless to God. But the reality is, if you're living and breathing in here, which I would assume that's everybody in here this morning, you can do something. But the question is, are you doing what you can? What does God want? Hey, doing what we can involves giving to God what you consider to be precious. Doing what we can involves not taking it back. And doing what we can involves not being concerned about anyone else. Though no one join me, still I will follow. I'm not concerned about what the world does. I'm not concerned about what the world thinks. Because the Bible says that God gives many illustrations that they don't even know their right hand from their left hand. So how are they going to set the moral compass for my life and tell me what's right and what's wrong and this is the way that I should raise my children and this is what I should do with my time when they can't even discern the right hand from the left hand? You know what, I think I'll just follow God. Are you doing what you can? And by the way, at Victory Baptist Church, there's something that you can do. And you say, well, maybe all I can do is pray. No, that's not all. Praying is a lot. Hey, maybe you can be a greeter. How many times we've heard uh, illustrations uh, and, and folks that have come to visit and it's been a greeter that was friendly and said, hey, it's so good to have you here today. We can be encouragement to others and we can pray and we can give of our time and our talents and our treasure. But you know what? We have something to offer God. But the question is, are you doing what you can? What God wants you to do, what you can. So the question today is, what can you do? What does God want from you here today? Maybe it's something precious that you gave to God and then at some point you've taken it back. Well, it's time to re-give it. Paul said, I die daily. That's our flesh. Hey, I'm deciding daily to follow Christ. Hey, maybe we're concerned about the crowd. What's everybody else going to think? You know, especially with our teenage crowd, we want to be accepted. You don't want everybody to look at you like you're the oddball. But that's what teenagers generally do. That's what children usually do. Find the one that doesn't look like them, and that's the one that they point out. But you know what? Don't be concerned about what anybody else does, teenager, teenager. Just decide, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to follow God because God has a plan for your life. And don't let anybody else get you off track. What are you doing for God? Just do what you can. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Cobernack.